Hey, this is Stacy, and I'm here with Liz Carter, and she's from Revolution Dog Sports out of Reno, Nevada. Liz is a barn hunt judge, and I thought it would be really fun to have her um, have her on the podcast and to talk about the um, similarities between nose work and barn hunt. I just thought it was going to be a fun topic, and I think it will be. So, hey, Liz. Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for having me. Oh, no problem, no problem. I'm really glad you could join us. I think you're you're on one of your um, one of one of your trips, right? Yes, I'm coming back from Nashville, Tennessee, right now. Oh, fantastic! Were you judging out there? I was. I was judging barn hunts. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Now you do nose work as well, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. And we have a lot of fun with it. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, and um, actually, well. I'm playing like like I don't know that you you do nose work. Oh, Liz is actually having. <laughs> I know it's kind of funny. I'm like, okay, how do I how do I <laughs> how do I introduce you here? I'm still new to this whole podcast thing, but um, no, Liz has had me out for uh, for seminars um, out in out in Reno, and I'm going to be going back there in December. Um, so Liz and I actually know each other pretty well. So that that's just for. <laughs> transparency um but i i don't don't know i thought it was kind of fun to talk about the two sports because what i would like to see is um more nose work people do barn hunt and more barn hunt people do nose work Um, oh absolutely so i thought it would be a whole lot of fun to have you and as a guest and and to kind of talk about the similarities the differences you know what some of the challenges are for the dog that might have you know what some of the challenges are you know, and, you know, and how to get, you know, maybe how to get involved in barn hunt. Um, I've already done a mini pod on what is nose work and, you know, getting involved in nose work is pretty, pretty simple. Um, hopefully you didn't hear that barking in the background. That would be Joey. Um, oh, I couldn't hear it. So I'm sure your listeners couldn't hear it either. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. I was afraid that he'd be going off like crazy. Um, poodles, by the way, poodles do bark. If anybody asks me, are poodles barky? The answer is yes. See, I don't believe you. We had uh, some really nice poodles this past weekend in Asheville. Not a single one of them barked. Really? Yes. Well, maybe it's just mine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you've got a very special one. I do. He's very, very special. Although I do know a few in agility that bark. Yes, yes. Well, he, you know, Joey better um, better mind his P's and Q's. He's got a trial this weekend, so we're, we're hoping... I'm hoping he's, um, cause you know, poodles are uh, standard poodles anyway. They're, they're, um, kind of a, a, a mix between monkeys and clowns. That, that sounds very fitting. Yeah. He's a monkey clown. Um, he's a, mon- <laughs> he's, he's a monkey clown hybrid. So, um, and he does barn hunt. He, um, Joey is my barn hunt dog. He, he does, he's, he's in the senior level. Um, awesome. So he goes in and he finds all four rats. So, you know, just, just so the people who are listening can kind of understand what the senior level is. They, there's four rats. And how, how much time do I get? You have three minutes and 30 seconds to find all four rats, make a climb, and get through a complex tunnel. Okay, the tunnel is our issue. He finds all the rats being bang, boom. That, that's the set work coming out. Yeah. Um, the fun thing about the tunnel is, is we can actually sort of um, convince the dogs that if they go through the tunnel, they can make an additional rat occur or an additional reward occur. Okay. So the way we do that is is by 
having somebody help you out and hold the dog at one side or have you send the dog to the tunnel. And as soon as they come out, an extra rat reappears in the ring during practice. Oh. You have that party. It typically only takes them a couple times to go, you know, there's never going to be a rat inside that tunnel because that's typically why they stop doing it. But if I go through, I can make magic happen. Wow. Right? You know, if I only had rats and if I could only practice. (laughs) <laughs> that would be a good one. That, that's, that's always the challenge. Um, the nice thing is with Barn Hunt is, is you do not actually have to practice the straw, um, except for to do the tunnel exercise, of course. So you're still in the same boat. But I'm sure we can find somebody for you to practice with out there. Okay. Or, well, you're not bringing a dog out in December. Yeah, say, oh, yeah. While you're here. We're going to have to figure out a road trip or something in the spring. Oh, absolutely. Get the dog absolutely. and get, get, some, get some help from you with the, with the Barn Hunt. That would be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. That would be fun. So, 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 what about the the similarities? Like, you know, you you do both sports. You know, I mean, I do a little bit of barn hunt. I haven't done a whole lot, but I, I do enjoy it. Um, but maybe, well, actually, maybe before we get to that, maybe let's talk about the sport in general. Um, absolutely. You know, so maybe you can kind of just talk a little bit about barn hunt, what it's about. You know, make sure you know tell people the rats are not harmed. You know, obviously. <laughs> That that is always what I start with is, um, so this point of barn hunt was really developed by Robin Nettle to showcase the historical role of breeds as um, ratters and as general purpose barn dogs. Um, Unlike what a lot of the ancestral terriers and minpins and schnauzers and really a lot of the different farm breeds where they would actually go out and hunt them, in the sport of barn hunt, our rats are never harmed. Um, they actually are very well trained. They have just as much training as the dogs and are very, very well loved pets by the individuals who keep them. So I always like to start with that, that the rats are our friends. <laughs> so that actually leads to so many of the similarities between barn hunt and nose work. So in barn hunt, we have a rat in a safely enclosed PVC tube that we're hiding on a three-dimensional course made out of straw bales. Um, essentially, the dogs have to find the odor of the rat and somehow alert the handler that there's something there. The handler then has to alert the judge. Sounds a lot like nose work, right? Right. The challenge is, is for a lot of dogs, they are very prey-driven. So they want to get to that rat, and they want to be able to chase the rat. They want it to run away, and it never moves. And so because it never moves, we as competitors and trainers often have to look at other ways that we can reward the dog for finding source okay. and letting us know that it's there. Okay. Okay. So this is when it starts to become a lot like nose work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hearing a lot about indications and... Right? Yeah. Um, and all dogs actually can play. So any breed, mixed breed, any size can play. Um, when the sport first was um, in its infancy, when I first started training about three years ago, I would say about 95% of my students had dogs that were super high prey drive. Okay. Super high prey drive. Um, they wanted to go find that rat, find it now. And the other 5% were dogs that had interest in finding things, but they really wanted to hang out with their handler, um, earn a paycheck for doing something pretty fun. These days, I will tell you that about 95% of the folks that I get to play with have dogs that are all about using their nose. 
less about Fray Drive, more about that seat drive, um, going out there to go find something and having a party once they get there. So are you finding that a lot of people that are coming to you for barn hunt lessons also do nose work? Yes, it actually goes both ways. Um, when I actually first start teaching dogs, we start out with the little foundation work that we would use for nose work or barn hunt, uh, regardless if the dog has high prey drive or the dog has a high seek drive. Um, it just establishes a good baseline, especially for when handlers start to get to those higher levels where there's higher numbers of live tubes out there or when they have to clear the course. So today, it's not uncommon. In fact, this is how... Um, we started a number of people in nose work, it's not uncommon for me to say, hey, I think it would be really fun if you did nose work as well. It's going to build confidence, it's going to build drive, it's going to build motivation. Um, a lot of dogs go on to do both sports very well, and some handlers decide that they prefer one over the other based on their individual dog needs and their needs as a handler. In fact, one of my favorite silken wind hounds might be one of those dogs that we said, yeah, nose work would be really, really fun to do. <laughs> I, I, is, it, so that would be a, a student of mine. <laughs> yes, it would, and we absolutely love her. Yes, we do. Um, I was actually in her town this morning. so. Um, but that's, we see it going both ways. Both sports can benefit each other quite a bit. Um, I find that nose work definitely can have a profound effect on um, dog's ability to succeed at the senior and master level in barn hunt, which is where things start to get very, very complex for the dog. Wow. Okay. So at the senior level, you know, we did talk about that there's four rats. You have three and a half minutes. You have a tunnel and a climb. Now at the master level, you can have, this is my understanding, um, and then this is where you can kind of, you can steer me off where I'm wrong. You know, you have up to five rats, but you don't know how many rats there are on the course. And exactly. You, you still have to do the tunnel. You still have to do the climb. And how, how long do you get for master? You have four minutes and 30 seconds, and in order to stop time, you will say clear, time, or finish, something along those lines to alert the judge that you and your dog are done searching. Wow. So that's kind of like an NW3 type of thing. It is. It is very much so. And the uh, scent challenges are also very um, intense at that level, or they can be, and the courses themselves are much more complex than they are at the previous levels. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because I think I've seen um, the master level, and the, the, the hay bales are huge. They're high. <laughs> and fortunately, um, and I say fortunately because as a judge, one of our challenges was is it used to be four levels high of straw bales. And in order to get a fourth level that was secure for both the rats and the dogs, it was definitely challenging, and you didn't get to use them as much. So the rules actually changed this last May to make it so that we only have up to three levels. Okay. So um, it, it's a much more manageable situation for the handler and dog to get through and allow those to create some more interesting hides at a higher level. So that's one of the, the differences between um, nose work and barn hunt is the nose work, you may have a high hide, but it's typically going to be inaccessible to the dog. In the sport of barn hunt, you may have a high hide, and the dog actually could access it, so the dog would have to physically climb up a structure okay. to get there and alert. So do, do they have to, or can they alert from the ground? They can alert from the ground, and I have a really cool story about that. Um, Emma is a almost 15-year-old Parson Russell Terrier, and she's one of my dogs, and she ruptured her disc in her neck. Um, she didn't get to start playing barn hunt until she was 13 because she was already an old dog. 
And we actually trained a high-drive hunting terrier to stay on the ground, wow. except for to get four feet up on one bale and successfully clear and manage a course. Wow. So there's no, no rule that says that the dog physically has to touch the tube. The dog just has to give some sort of alert to the handler that the handler can accurately and very precisely pinpoint the location of that tube. Okay, so that's actually, that's a, that's... That would be um, where I think, you know, nose work, you know, would probably come in handy. It is. In fact, in order to achieve that, we did a lot of work with her in nose work on other odors to introduce her to the concept of, no, you won't always be able to get to it. And I was able to transfer that to the rat pretty easily. Oh, uh, we trained a couple other dogs with mobility issues or dogs that actually had um, some concern about climbing. A lot of times what we see is, that indication or that final alert when the dog gets on a third level structure decreases because the bales move a little bit. There's a lot, a lot more stuff going on up there. And so for some of those dogs, they're much more confident doing it from, let's say, one bale high instead of going all the way up. So, so this is actually rather fascinating. I hadn't even thought about how nose work enhances the barn hunt dog. Oh, very much so. Very, very much so. In fact, I should be very honest uh, that I handle terriers. Um, and so most people assume that handling Parson Russell Terriers or Jack Russell Terriers, depending on the day and the registration and organization, <laughs> that it should be very easy to do barn hunts. Actually not. Uh, what we find is when we get to the senior level with dogs that have very high prey drive, the dog's motivation starts to decrease. What that has to do with is for those dogs, the reward has always been getting to kind of play with the tube a little bit. And in seniors, there's this little bit of a time crunch, and handlers are consistently picking up the tube, having it leave, and immediately redirecting the dog to go find more. Oh, so you're and punishing then doing the dog. That, right? <laughs> so <laughs> in doing that, the dogs are like, wait a minute, you're taking my fun. You know, where's my reward? What's in it for me? Right. And that's actually when we go back in and with a bunch of dogs that are already competing, layered in some nose work foundations, and we're able to get those dogs to a point where they're, they understand now that, all right, there's going to be a really big party at the end of this, and my human is always going to stop and tell me that I am the most amazing and brilliant dog no matter how many rats I find on this course. So my, my motto always is reward every single rat like it's the last one your dog will ever see. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was always wondering, like, how that would be because I know Joey, I mean, he loves finding the rats, but, I, you know, I could see how that would be um, very demotivating if it's, very, if they, if they it can be. Very, it very really, really can be. And it's not universal. There are some dogs that will just go out there every single day and go find them and let you take them, and it's no big deal. But there's actually a very large number of dogs that start looking at us like, hey, what's in it for me? Why are you doing this? Okay. This doesn't seem quite as fun as it used to. So if we layer in some of that reward work and practice, uh, definitely doing some good, consistent, high motivation or high uh, value rewards at those tubes, we can increase that motivation and keep those dogs searching. And that would actually be the case with my championship level dogs. Really? Um, all of them. All of them. And they are all dogs that actually hunt. They do earth dogs. They have extremely high prey drive. And at each point in their career, they looked at me and went, I would like to know what's in it for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my border collie is a much nicer dog, uh, not nicer, a much easier dog to work with because he looks at me and he's like, I know that when we're done, we're going to tug and this is going to be amazing. You know, <laughs> he, he gets that. He's, I'm searching for things and yeah. when I find them all, there's a party and it's great. So. Oh, wow. So, 
Now, do you ever find that you have a barn hunt dog that, or a, or a nose work dog that you would say that would benefit from doing barn hunt? You know, it, yes. Um, and it can really depend on the dog. Um, if we have a dog that is looking for um, a, I don't want to say a little bit more action because I find nose work to be an incredibly like thrilling and exciting sport. Right. But a dog that's looking for a really fast challenge, like get out there, go find the thing, have lots of fun and have a party after, barn hike can be a really great way to do that. Dogs that are extremely physical like it as well. So, you know, like those high drive athletes, um, German Shepherds and Hellblock, they're dogs that really like to get into the search and do stuff. Barn hike can be a really nice way for them to kind of express that same desire to search, okay. but be able to climb on things and push through things. Um, there was a wonderful Rottweiler this past weekend that was one of those dogs. Um, I think he would be an awesome nose work dog, but in barn hunt, in the barn hunt ring, he's off lead, and he can be very physical and get into places, and you can see that every time he climbs something, he's just really proud of himself for doing it. So it can be, um, can add a little bit of motivation and a little bit of excitement. So, so that's actually a really interesting point. I hadn't thought of that. Um, you know, I, I'm just thinking of questions as we go. Um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would think I actually prepared for this, but the answer is not really. <laughs> but, but, yeah. So, you know, so I'm kind of thinking, you know, from the aspect of, like, a conditioned emotional response to the search. Like, the love of the search. Right. So yeah, if, exactly. if you have a dog that, you know, needs a little bit more motivation and you decide to um, develop that positive conditioned emotional response to actually searching and the dog has a bit of prey drive doing a little bit of barn hunt might actually help build that feeling for of the search definitely definitely and i i will say i have actually paired um nose work odors with a rat really for dogs that are going from nose work to barn hunt and recently with a french bulldog who was actually the other way um, I'm working with a wonderful little French bulldog named Kiwi. And Kiwi um, is physically challenged by getting up and down structures. Like, she loves to work and she loves to search. But okay. she's a small dog, and she's built like a tank. So getting up and down was a challenge. And so as a result, she was getting a little demotivated because it was like it takes her a while to get up there, and so she wasn't always super successful. So we introduced her to nose work by pairing birch with the rat. <laughs> it only took her two sessions to go, you want me to find that? Got it. And so the same way we've taken nose work dogs and built up the drive to go out onto this course and go move things, we actually, with Kiwi, have gone into, hey, go find this thing, and it's going to be, you know, in a bookshelf, or it's going to be behind something that she really felt she could push through and get through, oh. and it's transferred back to barn hunt. So it goes both ways. So, okay, so actually, so this is making me think a little bit more. Like, you know, I did a, an exercise last night with um, some of my in-person students um, where they, they were brand new. You know, I hid the tin. I mean, they're, they're in their first their first session, their first eight weeks of nose work. And um, I actually hid the tin so that it was in between a bunch of jump standards. And because right. these are all agility dogs and everything. So it's an, an, an agility barn. And the dogs had to really push their way in through the jump standards to get to the tin. And I did it yeah. in order to help build confidence and help build drive for odor. Right. 
So this is actually very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it can work the same sort of way. I'm creating search patterns for the dog needs to climb or maybe needs to go through things. Um, really helps build that that confidence for them. Um, it's been very interesting watching Kiwi in particular suddenly decide that, you know what, I can climb really fast to the top of things because I know I can get down. Because we've built so much um, drive and motivation and confidence at a much lower level it knows we're going everywhere in all sorts of different places, but she was like, oh, oh my God, this is great. I love to search, and I can do anything. So now she's, you know, super happy, super confident out there with me. So so basically then it sounds like it's benefiting her nose work and her barn hunt. It is. It is. In fact, um, I went to her mom and said, um, we need to find an odor recognition test because not only is she a super fun barn hunt dog, um, she is a super fun nose work dog. She loves to use her nose, and... She's happy to do it in both forms, and it really helps give her different opportunities and different options for how she can express that that love of using her nose. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've got to love those little Frenchies. Well, and one of the things that I really enjoy about Barn Hunt is the frequency that it's available. So most of us who compete in nose work, we all love it, but it can be... Um, a little bit of feast or famine as far as getting into events. Yes. Uh, barn hunt is a little bit more frequent, so it's something that you can do in between to kind of keep that activity and keep that drive going. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, you can find a barn hunt trial just basically anywhere, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty popular at this <laughs> Pretty point. much right now. Pretty much. That's, that's definitely true. Yeah. And, and I have to say, the dogs that um, have play with me that have had a nose work background, they really pick up the fundamentals of barn hunt extremely quickly. They are a lot of fun to work. Um, they really seem to enjoy it a lot. Uh, most of them come out, and after we've given them a little bit of, you know, pairing experience with it, they're, they really want to play. They really want to check it out. They kind of look at the rat like it's just another odor that they're there to find. Okay. So the other thing that I was kind of thinking about is, like, I've, I've seen dogs from a nose work perspective, as they develop, their ability to really source something, you know, really increases over time. I mean, these dogs, oh, are, yeah. they come to us with a Harvard education in scenting, but I think w- with the training that we give them, they turn into rocket scientists. And yeah, exactly. I would think that bringing that nose work, um, the precision in nose work, would really help barn hunt oh tremendously because the one thing we haven't talked about here is the fact that nose work has distractors barn hunt also has distractors but they have one distractor in particular that creates a very interesting scent challenge to our dogs and that's the litter tube yes so we have tubes out there that actually have bedding taken directly out of the cages that the rats have been in and so we're setting that everywhere out there as well. So in Senior, which is where Joey's competing, yes. you have four rats, but there's also three litter tubes out there as well as an empty tube. The other thing that goes with that is in nose work, or in nose work, the hides will stay there throughout the day. Right. In barn hunt, we will actually move the hides around every five dogs. So that means we've got all this residual odor all over the course as well. So having a dog that can very precisely find the um, highest concentration of the specific target odor is a really big advantage in the sport of barn hunting. Oh, absolutely. So, 
kind of changing the subject a little bit, and I know a lot of people who are listening are probably thinking, yeah, I have a nose work dog, but the reason why I don't want to do barn hunt is because my do my nose work dog already critters. And right. I don't want to encourage crittering. How, what What's kind of your response to that? So there's a few different ways to look at that. Um, I do nose work with the same dogs that I hunt with, and with the exception of a live squirrel running through a search area, which is pretty hard to resist, um, they have learned that when they are given a specific cue, we've got that conditioned response to search or find the rat, that that means that's what we're looking for. Um, they're really not going to pay attention to all the other odors that are out there. I do recommend for nose work folks that you do use a different cue or obviously in barn hunt, the dogs run naked and dogs typically will run in a harness or a collar or something in nose work. So the, the wardrobe change helps as well. But the most important thing here is barn hunt can give an outlet to the dogs that like to critter. Because what you're saying is, is hey, in nose work, I need you to not go out and sniff where the mice are crawling along the wall. But in barn hunt, let's do it. Let's go find those things together. And it puts you in the picture and gives them the option to express some of that enthusiasm for finding critters. Well, oh, that's that's fabulous. I hadn't even thought of that as, as far as like an outlet. Because I'm, I'm kind of thinking along the terms of, you know, a lot of obedience dogs or, or what have you. That, I was actually just going to say my obedience dog, um, this was Barn Hunt is outlet for not sniffing the grass. Yeah, like, you know, the whole, you know, we're always, yeah, you know, they're always telling, you know, their dogs no sniff, no sniff. Um, yeah. You know, but nose work is, is a wonderful outlet. And, I, you know, Barn Hunt would be a fabulous outlet, too, to kind it of. It is. It is. If you. If you have a dog that really wants to sniff out critters, um, barn hunt is a really fun way to say, now is your chance to do it, and I'm going to be in the picture and make it a good thing. So this this all sounds super, and I would love to do this with Judd. I think he would enjoy it, except I've tried it with him, and he's confused. He goes right. out there, and he's like, well, you know, I do like to critter, but that, that must be mommy's mouse, because that mouse or that rat, <laughs> that rat is contained. And that's not that's a very common um, perception on the part of the dog. Um, there's a number of reasons that they come out and look at us like we're absolutely insane. One, let's think about the number of times we told it, them to leave it over the course of their life, right? Well, on a walk, no, don't chase the neighbor's cat. No, don't chase the lizard during duck jumping practice. No, don't follow the rat scent, you know, through your nose work search area. So we say no a lot. Now suddenly we're going, yeah, puppy, puppy, puppy. Yeah, come look at it. It's going to be awesome. And the dogs are like, are you, are you crazy? <laughs> you know, we, we've spent a lot of time working on not doing this when we're working together. Yeah. Um, that's a big part of it. What I have found is with those dogs, and you, you would be surprised how common this is. In fact, it is less common for me to see a dog that comes in and immediately goes, oh, my goodness, there's a rat in a tube. I, oh, my God, I can't wait to go find those. Most dogs look at us like we're nuts. Um, and so what we do is we can reward them for going there. So if your dog's very tug-motivated, it would be making sure that we reward them right over the top of the tube, tug with them, and allow them to go back to the tube, check it out. Um, if your dog's very food-motivated, and this is my most popular way of getting dogs engaged, is, is feeding them as close to source, just like we do in nose work. Okay. And then over the course of a few sessions, the dog starts to go, oh, wait, I can do things here. Like, this is good. And so that initial exposure is really just learning that 
this is the time when it's okay to do this. This is this is the time you're allowed to be, you know, let your inner naughty dog come out a little bit. You can touch the tube. You can sniff the tube. Um, I personally do not have a preference for what a dog does when they find a rat, provided they stay there until I ask them to do something else. Okay. So the dog wants to stand there and stare at it, awesome. The dog offers to dig at it, awesome. We're going to take it and we're going to love it. But that will help a lot. It will help definitely get them engaged. So, so actually, that, that kind of gets me to another question um, around, the, so I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit. You, you mentioned you want the dog to stay at the rat. So it's kind of yeah. like we want the dog to stay at source. So now in barn hunt, if the dog leaves the rat, at that point, they're kind of, do, do you, are you still able to remove that rat? You can. You absolutely can. So handlers have options in the sport as far as how they want the um, tube to be handled. So I like to tell my students that it is always in your best interest to have the rat removed because if we've done all of our work right establishing criteria, our dog should stay there, right, until we get there right. and say, oh, you're so brilliant, and then go on to go find more. You may actually leave the tube on course, but that creates kind of a difficult situation because unlike Nesbrook where we can reward the dog, again, for coming back, we yeah. can't when they come back <laughs> in barn hunt. So the handler, if the dog sniffs it and leaves, you can certainly pick up the tube, hand it off to one of the volunteers, and the volunteer will take it out of the ring for you. Okay, but so, you're not allowed uh, to touch your dog if they leave. Yeah, yeah. You, you can verbally praise your dog at that point and tell them they're amazing. Okay. But if we establish a routine where, hey, I want you to stay here, um, it's going to be really good because you can pet the dog, tell them they're awesome, you can touch the tube and wiggle it a little bit, tell them how amazing they are, and then hand it off. Or if you have a very high-drive dog, hold your dog and pull them away from the tube right. and allow the, the rat wrangler to come in and take it. Now, if you have a dog that we've spent some time working on building drive and motivation, maybe the dog doesn't have a whole lot of prey drive to start with, that pulling back can actually become part of a reward. So a game we do is we'll pull the dog away, use a little bit of oppositional reflex, okay. allow the dog to snap back to the tube in practice. So they learn that not every single time we hold them away from the tube or every time we pick up the tube doesn't mean the search ends. What it can mean is, no, you get to go back and play with that one a little bit more, get another piece of food there, or have a little bit more tug time there before it leaves. Oh, okay. So it sounds like you really do want to have your dog stay at source and, and barn hunt, so perhaps, you know, nose work could actually help with that. It does tremendously. Now, one of the key reasons I want a dog to stay at source, actually there's two reasons. One, if you have a small dog or a large dog on a very large course, if your dog finds a tube and leaves and you're still trying to get around a large structure, right, because remember it's a three-dimensional set puzzle right. and you have physical bales in your way, you might not be able to see that your dog found it. And that's one of the most common things exhibitors hear from people outside the ring is, well, your dog found it, you just didn't see it. Because oh, if your dog stays okay. there, you have a chance to actually see where it is. Uh, the other reason is, is tubes can be within six inches of each other. Wow. So if you have multiple tubes or multiple hides within six inches of each other, you have to be very precise in how you will, uh, you know, handle that, how you alert to the judge that you believe your dog has found it. So if there's four tubes there and your dog hits one and runs and you're not sure, then you're kind of having to call your dog back and say, hey, no, really, show me, show me, show me. And then we get into some other not-so-fun stuff. Um, a lot of dogs aren't very comfortable with us 
you know, doing the whole second guessing. We can talk our dog into alerting on the, the wrong tube. You know, there's all sorts of things that might happen. So staying with the correct tube as long as they can really, really helps us as handlers make good decisions and gives us the opportunity to really reward the dog for doing their job. Oh, that's, that's, wow. I'm learning a lot here, you know, and this, this is definitely going to be. God, I'm glad. Yeah, no, I really am because, um, you know, next time I do barn hunt, I'll, I'll have a, you know, my, of course my whole issue is, is the tunnel right now, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, he, he'll find, like I said, he'll find all four rats, but he just doesn't want to do the tunnel. Um, Put that tunnel on a queue and then do a variety of things like the magic rat scenario where, you know, Joey can actually make the magic rats appear for okay. him. Um, lots of variable reinforcement. Uh, one thing I try not to do in the sport, much like nose work, I want the dogs to work fairly independently right. of me. Um, but set up scenarios in training where your dog's actively searching and you Okay, we're back. We're, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Uh, we had a little bit of a malfunction. It was, um, which, by the way, guys, we're we're doing this without a net. There is absolutely no editing. Um, so, if you heard a strange noise, yeah, that was technology. <laughs> technology out of finance. Exactly, exactly. So you were telling me about the about the tunnel, and getting Joey through the tunnel and a magic rat and. Um, right. And, and so one of the the other things you can build up to, I'm not sure if they heard it, was although I want dogs to work independently, right, and I don't want to interrupt them as much as possible, is setting up a scenario where every now and then during the search pattern, I encourage them to go through the tunnel, have a big party, and allow them to continue searching. Okay. If you have a dog that's very search motivated. Okay. That can actually build that desire to do the tunnel. Okay, okay. So I could see that with Judd, with Joey. He's very uh, rat motivated. Yes, I, so I would work on bringing the rat back. Okay, okay. So the, like the magic rat. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. Well, I think there's a place where I can uh, actually do some barn hunt around here, get some practice in. Otherwise, like I said, we're going to be doing a uh, road trip out to Reno. Um, hey, absolutely. We'd love to have you. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. Um, yeah, so this is just, you know, I, I was just thinking about, you know, topics and everything for these podcasts and um, really just thought this would be a really fun, re really, really fun topic, just kind of talking about the two sports because I know a lot of people do the two sports. Um, some people who do one sport, they worry about doing the second sport. Um, you know, and I, and I, I was thinking, you know, there probably are some benefits to doing both. Oh, there are, there are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is just the fun and the teamwork and partnership building that you get with your dog. Yeah. And I like the idea that you could actually, you can trial more. Oh, absolutely. Keeps those skills fresh. Yeah. So maybe we want to talk about a little bit about the different levels of barn hunt because I think we've been throwing out senior and master and <laughs> and, and that kind of thing. Um, but for people who may be um, listening who aren't as familiar with barn hunt. Um, oh, no problem at all. I, 
I have got a good quick little rundown. Okay. So in novice, you will have one rat that your dog needs to find. There's one litter tube, one empty tube, a straight tunnel, and your dog will need to do all of that and a climb in two minutes. Okay. In open, we move up to two rats, two litter tubes, one empty tube, a larger tunnel, and again a climb in two and a half minutes. Okay. So then in senior, this is where it gets really fun. The courses get bigger. You have four rats, three bedding tubes, one empty, three and a half minutes. And despite what my students tell you, there is never a pterodactyl that will steal that four. <laughs> I hear it all the time. I might have heard it this weekend a few times. Okay. And then in master's, you have four and a half minutes to find anywhere from one to five rats in a big course with a big complex tunnel. Okay. So that, and I think that there's one other d uh, difference or one, one other thing. Um, you don't get a 30 yes. second warning. There, yeah, no 30 second warning and no food, no toys in the ring. Right. Right. And there is also an optional instinct class which has, it's just 60 seconds, and there's just three tubes laid out, and your dog has to pick which one it is. Okay, and that's, that's the, the, the ratty, R-A-T-I? Yes. Right, the ratty yep. title? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Joey finished his open title. We don't have any, uh, any senior legs yet, but I haven't done barn hunt in a little while, but I'm getting the itch to, to get back into it. Um, well, I hope so. It's a lot of fun. It is. It really is, and he enjoys it. I mean, he really... Um, he really does enjoy it. Now, what about for, now, barn hunt's a little harder for the reactive dog, though, isn't it? It is. It is. One of the challenges of the sport is that there's a blind, and they have five dogs and handlers in a confined area, so they cannot see where the tubes are hidden on the course. Right. Now, with training, management, we can definitely help those dogs. But it is definitely a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, and I know, I mean, Joey is actually reactive, and I can do barn hunt with him, so I know it's not impossible. But I, I think you hit on the on the right word. I think you hit on the word management. Um, there, yes. There's definitely a lot of management involved when I'm trialing Joey in barn hunt. Um, he is not an aggressive dog. He is visually reactive. Um, but I have right. noticed, interestingly with him, he's actually less reactive the more dogs he's around. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, and I've noticed that with him. Like, he can go to trials. You know, he has a, you know, he has his rally novice title. He's got two legs and beginner novice. I mean, um, you know, he's he can do all that stuff. He can do a little bit of agility. Um, but, I, you know, I do manage him um, very, very closely when I'm doing barn hunt. But... It, oh, I've, absolutely. I've found that it, it's not impossible. The The only thing that's a challenge with him, though, is that a lot of times dogs are kind of going over the top crazy. They Yes. And that can be a big, big challenge. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really recommend for people is manage your own dog to be respectful of the people around you. So, unfortunately, when people send their entries in, we don't always know. Like, who has special needs? Right. Who doesn't have special needs? 
the reality is, is all of us have special needs. Yes. So try to be respectful of others while focusing on your own duck and creating a situation that's going to work best for them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and what I have noticed is that the, the organizers of Barn Hunt are actually very, very flexible and very helpful. And, yes, very much so. And they they really will go out of their way to, to make it make it use uh, make it helpful for you. I mean, I I have um like Joey has a weird thing. He hates huskies. Um, I don't know why. He just he he hates huskies. And occasionally I'll go to a barn hunt trial and there's a husky. And if there's a husky and is blind, I can actually ask to have him move to a different blind. And I haven't had a problem with that. Um, oh, that's very nice of the clubs that do it. Yeah, yeah, because he's he's just a little a little weird with huskies. But um, I've noticed people have been very, um, very accommodating. I love the sport. I love the people in it. So I definitely have to do more. Oh, there's of a lot of really, really good people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, but I, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, because Joey's been doing a lot more nose work lately, how he does in barn hunt. You know, you'd be surprised. I really find that even if you take a break from barn hunt, but you've done nose work. Yes. When they come back, it's a whole different thing. They're, they've transferred all of those skills over to the other sport. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I, I think I'm probably going to try some in November. Um. Oh, yay. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to... Videotape those runs. <laughs> that, that, that's the other thing that you can do. You can video. Absolutely. Yeah, you can have other people video your run. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's it's a fun sport. It's a fun sport. I encourage everybody listening, if you do nose work, give it a try. Give barn hunt a try. And it sounds like if you do barn hunt, give nose work a try. Um, oh, exactly. It goes both ways. Yeah. All of you barn hunt people out there, give nose work a shot. It is so much fun. Yeah, and and I, I think this has been really helpful because it's, it you know, what, what you're able to do is you're able to, what, what you've done is you've kind of said, you know, what are the benefits of one to the other? Um, and some yeah. of these things, like, I, I really had, had no idea about some of these things, and um, I think I, this is good. This is really good. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. So, um, so we're closing in on about 45 minutes, so I think um, that's probably a pretty good time span uh, for a podcast. Awesome. And this has been super, super helpful, Liz. I'm so glad um, you've been able to be a guest on the show, and you know, and I hope you have. But a... once again, anytime, I'm happy to do it. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Well, this is Stacy and Liz signing off, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks.